0: Hey, friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey, thanks for being here today. Great to see your shining faces here. Oh, you're welcome. It's easy to come to Frederick. I'm trying to practice being omnipresent, it's not working out too good. No. Oh, yes, I've been thinking about this theme, I'm I'm studying about anxiety, and I want to kind of share about some, just some great thoughts that will help encourage us not to be a hostage to anxiety, amen? I think all of us, maybe, we may suffer from uh, trying to control the uncontrollable, so Thank God that the Lord has a mission for us in every moment of our day, isn't that good? Every day we have a mission, amen? So, Lord, bless our thoughts today, thank you for each one here. May it be a personal word, uh, we just ask for your hand to be upon each word here in the listening ears. We also pray for Nupu today, and Nick, the families, Lord, what an amazing couple they are, and uh, their future, bless it and the vows that are being spoken today. Thank you for Pastor Dennis and Kaylee, this beautiful church. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, I'd like us to consider um, this passage. Uh, Gary did introduce James chapter 1. I I will get there eventually, but let's turn to Matthew chapter 14. So, um, boy, our world is interesting, wouldn't you say? I've I've stopped shaking my head. I've stopped scratching my head. I've stopped trying to figure it all out. I'm doing a lot of laughing at just the the absurdities. But there's a mission in every day of our life, amen? And it's um, maybe we don't see that mission, but the devil is faithful. If I could put that word in there, maybe that's not the best word. He is consistent, maybe is a better word to try to steal from us our joy mm-hmm. our patience and our attention right our attention do you ever feel distracted Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i do i do right and um how the lord has a, a specific plan for us to walk with him to walk in sync with with him. And I want us to think about that in relationship to patience. Uh, but before I introduce that thought, look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. And I love Peter because we can all relate to Peter. Isn't it true? It's true, isn't it? Sometimes Peter gets a bad rap, but if we really look at... Not Peter Quackenbush, by the way. We're, we're happy he and Tais are here. It's good. Uh, but Peter in the Bible... He he often is looked at as at as an emotional, impulsive guy, and um, that's what that's what can happen in our lives when we start to internalize things, and we leave that place of rest. Maybe news, uh, maybe situations that are unknown. Have you have you realized that uh, life can have a lot of unknowns? Isn't it true? Yes. It's true, isn't it? But one thing that's known is Christ, amen? One thing that's consistent is his Bible, right? One thing that it will never lie to us is and that's the Holy Spirit. And I love what Peter says here as he sees Christ on the water. And in 29, 14, 29, he said, come, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, I love this because it defies logic, it defies all kinds of um, all kinds of rules, we could say. And Jesus shows Peter that without him, um, he is nothing, but with him, he is everything. He can do the impossible. And then what does Peter do? Peter does what we do, right? Peter begins to look around, he takes his eyes off of Christ, and he begins to look at... The wind and the waves, right? And all of a sudden he cries out, right? What does he say? Lord, save me! Anybody pray that prayer this week? <laughs> uh, deliver me! Help me! Uh, move and change this and change that, and and which is a normal prayer, right? We we that's a normal prayer, and God is so gracious, but. One thing that Peter does that's, I think, worth our attention today to address anxiety in our life or to address fear or to address distraction is literally that looking at the waves, looking at the wind. Now, how many have ever been on the ocean before? I mean, the real ocean, not just Chesapeake Bay. Um, It's pretty, those waves are amazing, aren't they? I mean, we... They're just, they can be massive, right? And they can be quite intimidating, right? They really can be. And uh, they are greater than us, right? Oftentimes, anxiety can be looked at two different ways. There can be a perceived threat, and there can be an actual threat, right? Perceived threat, what is intimidating, what is potentially could happen, uh, worry tends to be the mood of the day about maybe potential loss, potential danger, but it's all perceived. It's all perceived. It's not actual. Actual means it's actually happening, right? Big difference. A lot of people that we counsel live in perceived, uh, perceived threat, right? It's one thing when we tell our kids or. We are maybe walking on a dark street at night and we're looking around for the robber or whatever. We're we're heightened aware, but nothing happens, right? How much of that can be part of our everyday life, right? We are perceiving danger when there is no actual danger, right? Well, obviously, Peter was an actual danger. He was an actual danger. This could have easily overwhelmed him. But who sustains him? I love the verse that Gary shared in 55-22 of Psalms. The Lord sustains him. The Lord sustains him. And, And why am I bringing this up today? It's because you are needed where you are. You are effective where you are. You are anointed where you are. And the devil will lie about anxiety. He'll lie about a reality that is false. Okay, He will perceive a potential danger, but it's not really there. It's almost like a shadow on the wall, right? And it looks like this, this scary thing, and then when you go to touch it, what is it? It's nothing. It's nothing. And I want to show us today how we can really discern and keep our eyes on Christ and not miss what God is doing in the moment, not to miss the mission mission In the moment, right? All right, let's look at Psalm 94. Psalm 94. Maybe um, it's hard to know exactly what God is doing because God is always acting, but the devil will try to always distract because maybe there's a word that God has for you to share with the people in your life, or maybe there is a prayer or a time of meditation, but our mind. can be gripped with anxiety it can be gripped with a prevailing thought it can be it can be gripped and one writer says it's almost like a physical a physical freefall that you can experience that we can experience and we actually don't live in the moment that god has for us it's very it's very much a real reality they say in psychology that Over 80% of counseling is related to anxiety. So this is why um, I want to talk about this today, because we can have victory over this as we keep our eyes on Christ. I I know in my life, when I pray, I like to remind God about something he said to me. Almost like, God, don't forget you said that, or God, don't forget your word states this. And in reminding God, I am reassuring myself. That, that That's a way to keep our eyes on Christ, amen? All right? Reminding God what he says or has said or what's been written. It's a great practice having promises in our life that keep our eyes on Christ, the ruler of the waves, the creator of the wind, the God who is more powerful than anything coming against us. We are speaking to the God that controls all things. Amen. Amen? Any surprises this week? Anybody have any surprises this week? Nobody? All week long. All week long. Okay, Captain Ron. I'm with Captain Ron. It's, it's amazing how our natural man wants to be in control. And we can't even control what goes on in our own body, right? Let alone the donut we ate this week. I, don't know. I know there's some donut eaters out here. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. All right, look. Psalm 94, look at this. That was supposed to be a joke. (laughs) I need an applause sign. No. Or a laugh sign. Okay. All right, anxiety. So Psalm chapter 94, verse 17. So think about anxiety as this insecurity or this, um, one writer says, something that grips your mind, grips your heart. And we've all, I've, We've all experienced maybe panic attacks or times when all of a sudden there's those cold sweats, and and we have to ask ourselves, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, would you ever operate that way? Would you ever, uh, do we ever see you operating that way? And the answer is no. No. Why? Because he was focused on his father. Now, there's a time to be surprised. There's a time to be caught off guard. There's a time to be worried. There's a time to be discouraged. All these things. But it's temporary. It's temporary. And if it persists, we can honestly be honest with God. Right, Hebrews 10, we come honestly to God and say, Lord, I am concerned. I am worried. I am anxious. And you know what God does? God gives you peace. Amen? Gives you peace. Not as the world give, gives, but he gives himself, Ephesians 2.14, good verse, Ephesians 2.14. He is our peace, right? Wait a minute, I want the situation to change. Wait a minute, I'm waiting on an answer. Wait a minute, I want this potential threat to be diminished. And Jesus says, I am your peace. I am the one on the water. I am the one. Did, did the waves subside? Well, After Jesus saved Peter, put him back in the boat, and they immediately went to the other side. It's an interesting verse there in Matthew 14. Immediately they were on the other side, and what happened? The waves and the wind stopped. You see, the the fact of the matter is today that God Almighty is with you. God Almighty is with me. God Almighty is is in your family. God Almighty is in your workplace. God Almighty is in your health condition. God Almighty is present, isn't that good? He is present, and this helps us focus on the true reality. You know, one one writer says that fear is, the acronym of fear is false evidences, F-E-A-R, false evidences appearing real. It's a good acronym, isn't it? False evidences appearing real. How many false evidences capture our heart? If we listen to the news, right? We hear information. We, we, see a potential, uh, we see a potential threat. And we say, what if that happened? Or what if this happened? Or what if that person does this? or We can spin our mind into a knot. And what is God saying? I will give you the wisdom that you need when you need it. Trust me look to me, listen to me, right? And our mind, which can be gripped and spinning, stops spinning, amen? And what what begins to happen? We start to think. In anxiety and fear, it steals our memory, doesn't it? It steals our ability to think. All we're doing is emoting and, and, and talking or feeling. That's why people that incessantly talk, it's like, wait a minute. It's like a sieve, right? It's like, whoa. It's, wait, wait, wait. You know, if I'm talking, I'm not really able to listen. And God is saying, quiet your soul down, because I am a faithful God. All right, let's look at this. Psalm ninety-four seventeen. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul soon would have settled in silence. <laughs> and it means there that, that means like I would have been no more. I would have been game over, right? If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. Isn't that good? First is natural, then, then the spiritual reality. Lord, one more thing happens, or if this happens, I'm quitting, right? We were sharing with our staff this week that when you feel like quitting, and we all have been there, it usually means you're the closest to a breakthrough. You're closest to passing through something. So whenever that impulse happens to quit, know that you're close to winning with God or crossing a finish line, a finish line, right? Right, Larry crossed over the ultimate finish line, and today he's in glory. And thank God for Rosemarie, and we're praying for you, dear. Um, look at this next verse In the multitude of my anxieties And I, I love this about David <laughs> David is an honest guy He's not, he's not 100% 100% of the time he is, he is communicating In the multitude of my anxieties Not, not one Not two But there is an incessant uh, Warfare in my life what is, he, what is he saying Your comfort delights My soul Isn't that good your comfort. So uh, what about our future? It's as bright as the promises of God. You know, I love that. Pastor Shaw said that to me in 1997. He said, "He said, I, you know, your future is as bright as the promises of God. What does that mean? What about my future? And God says, it's as, it's as bright as my promise. My promises will prevail. And in 1 Kings 8.56, not one word will fail. Amen. How many say amen to that? Amen. You out there today? Yes, sir. Multitude of anxieties, right? God is saying, uh, David is saying, I'm delighting, just like we would delight in a bag of Doritos. Anybody Dorito eaters out here? I love Doritos. I can't eat them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on veggie chips. My wife gets veggie sticks now. I thought those were the nastiest things, and then I I actually enjoyed them. Veggie strips and Doritos. Doritos, veggie chips. Okay. Doritos, okay. All right, James chapter one. You can can tell that we're married (laughs) because men don't eat vegetables. Okay. Nelson, do you eat vegetables do you eat vegetables he does oh okay my illustration is false okay alright James chapter 1 look at this James chapter 1 alright so think about that in the multitude of my anxieties are you worried about something today if that's true it means you're holding on to it I'm holding on to it and God is not holding on to it right and God does so much a better job at it doesn't he Think about it, omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing. Are you all-knowing? Am I all-knowing? I hope. I think I am sometimes, but boy. Wrong. I'm wrong. Yes, thanks, Rich. <laughs> Rebuke in the preacher. It's good. <laughs> I'm having some fun today. <laughs> it, it, casting all of your cares. Honestly, this keeps us effective. This keeps us in the moment. This keeps us fellowshipping with God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. My problems don't care, right? My banker cares for my money. My dentist cares for my teeth. My doctor cares for my health. But who cares for my soul? The Lord does, right? So when one burden is too great for us, amen? So instead of being in 25 different fragmented pieces of worry... It's like being in a rocking chair, and you're moving very fast in your rocking chair, right? And you're going nowhere. I'm going nowhere, right? That can happen. Mine is racing. The, the duck is on the beautiful, serene uh, lake or pond or whatever, and he looks like he's in total, total serene peace. But what's his legs doing? What's his little webbed feet doing? It's, they're just moving 100 miles an hour. God says he's, he's called us to rest. He's called us to rest. <laughs> All right, so why is it that God allows things to stretch us? It's because he wants us to look away from the winds and the waves and to look at him, right? And this is this is how it happens. James chapter 1, there's a beautiful word here in verse 4 through 8. It's the word patience, okay? I just want to encourage us today... <laughs> that none of us have patience that we really need. Isn't that good? I mean, we might be, we might be sort of patient. We might be sort of tolerant. I, I feel like when I drive my car, I do a lot of repenting. <laughs> I, for you that maybe have driven with me, I drive very fast. So anyway, it's funny. I'm remembering a story, you know, racing a Porsche down Route 70. It was good. And I'm in a Kia, so. We, we did good for a few seconds. <laughs> and it was a funny story. I gotta tell this, I love this story. So there's three, there's three of us in, in our car, and we're coming back from the Bible study. And it was Nick and two other Bible school students. And we come off, and we're, I mean, we're doing triple digits, sorry to say. There's no police here. We're doing over 100 miles. Your wife is. Oh, my wife is here, that's good. Yeah, okay. All right, so we'll save, that, we'll save that detail. So we're flying, and, and there's this, this Porsche, this is totally unrelated to the message, but I like the story. So we're in the, this Porsche's in the middle lane, and we pass this Porsche, you know, like this. And you could just imagine when you have a Porsche or a sports car like that, just the, just the embarrassment that a Kia Soul blows by you, right? So, the worst thing I didn't realize is the guys that were with me, they were waving at the Porsche as we went by. <laughs> okay, maybe that's all I'll say. Because that went on for a few miles and it was a great, anyway, why did I bring that up? Don't, don't scream past the Porsche and the Kia, that's a bit of wisdom. Anyway, so God wants to teach us patience. So in my car, I'm not really a patient driver, Because um, traffic and these things, we want to get to where we're going. Isn't that true? We really do. We want to get to where we're going safely. Safely. Thank you for being transparent. Yeah. Now I think the police are gonna like mail me a ticket or something. (laughs) So my point is, none of us have patience, but God gives us His patience. He really gives us His patience. How does this happen? Well. Let's read these verses. Count it all joy, verse 2, when you fall, when, not if, but when you fall into various temptations and trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience, endurance, perseverance. And then verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work. As in, allow patience to perfect you, mature you allow patience to work in you something and work in me something I don't have, I don't have it right Right? because anxiety and fear comes, it's an action that is responding to something we don't have think of David and Goliath, what happened to David and Goliath, was David anxious I'm sure at first looking at Goliath, he was intimidated but he did not let that stop him. Right? Fear kills so many more dreams than failures. Isn't it true? Fear does. Fear kills more dreams and more action than actually failure does. But what did David do? David ran at Goliath. Why? Because his eyes were on Christ. So, I want us to think about this as I close. Let patience have its perfect work. Now, in this overdrive of wanting to get things done and get through things and have, it, have the bad end so we can get to the good, there's another plan for patience. God is saying nothing good happens immediately. So God is saying, Give me time to work. And that's the phrase I want you to take today. Give me, Jesus said, Time to work in your situations give me not you Because we're we're diligent working hard and we're like that little duck on the on the lake pedaling away and God's over there saying how's it going? How you doing over there? You're moving you're looking pretty good you're getting tired yet You look, look, look a little exhausted, right? Patience having its perfect work means that it gives God time to work now we know that he spoke everything into existence and boom, it was like a flicking of a light switch, right? But in real life, God's timing is very different than our timing. Like we want it done yesterday, God is saying, Moses, you got 40 years in the backside of the desert. Well, Lord, that's not practical. That doesn't, that, that doesn't fit into my time, my time capsule. Give God time to work and what will happen Ecclesiastes 3.11 will happen. This is a good verse, a good memory verse. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God will make it beautiful in his time. God will make it beautiful in his time. So I just want to encourage us today that when we give God time to work, that means, okay, Lord, you have something perfect going on. You have something eternal going on. You have something uh, that will mature me going on. And then what happens? Our anxieties are things that trying to control the uncontrollable, trying to figure out what God is going to do or how is He going to act. God is saying, look to me. Fellowship with me. Worship while you wait on me. Worship while you wait on me. And then what happens? Look, look, look what he says here. Uh, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. That's a powerful promise. Lord, will I have what I need when I need it? God says you'll lack nothing. God, are my kids going to grow up and be normal? You're going to lack nothing. Am I going to marry the right person? Or am I going to... Has my marriage going to... Whatever is going to grow and thrive? You will lack nothing. Lord, the inflation. Lord, my job situation. Lord, my health situation. Walking in sync with God. For all you computer guys. Walking in sync. Like exactly. You will lack nothing. I love that. I might not get everything I want... But we're going to get everything that we need. Amen. We really are. We really are. All right. How you doing? You good for a few more minutes? Good. I was a little. Okay. You good for a few more minutes? All right. Luke twenty-one. That's good. Luke twenty-one. So. Do you lack patience today? Don't worry about it. God will make you patient. Either voluntarily or involuntarily. <laughs> and this is the beautiful thing. You and I will lack nothing. We're going to have the wisdom we need. We're going to have James chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to have wisdom. We're going to have joy when we need it. We're going to have God's heart and mind He will not only give what's needed, but He'll give the increase. All right, Luke 21, great promise here. Another great promise. Luke 21, 19. Because the fact of the matter is, when we give God time to work, it's much better than us uh, working for God. It's God working for us. Big difference, isn't it? Lord, I'm just going to help you out today. gonna work hard and make it happen right I grew up in a family like that work till it works, work hard seven days a week. We're all workaholics actually. all of us and, and we've been better now, I think. I only work hundred hours a week now. It's, it's like God is saying give me time to work. I used to have a youth leader that says, if you want be if you want to be with me get in my way. It's the same principle. If we're in the way of God, then God can't work. But if we're submitted and waiting on God, He will lead us to work for Him, and we will not be hostage to anxiety. I'd say anxiety is a huge waster. It wastes time, it wastes energy, and it wastes our strength. And God is saying, I will move you, and I will fight and move the mountains. Amen? Okay, look at... Luke chapter 21. I pray this is something that uh, will minister to you today and these days ahead, because these are great days. Even though they're chaotic, we have a mission. We have a mission, amen? All right, uh, as you're turning to um, Luke 21, I want to I read something to you. Um, it says this, setting your hope in the right place will keep you the right size. Okay, think about that statement. Setting your hope in the right place will keep you the right size. Now, I don't know how many people like McDonald's supersizing, right, anybody? Supersizing? How many people eat at McDonald's? Okay, the young people. No, Burger King. Burger King, okay. Do they have supersizing at yeah. Burger King, Ron? I don't know. Bacon what? Burger King's big everywhere. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, we'll we'll have a discussion about that at the room. <laughs> Well, there used to be thing called supersizing. Like, we don't want it normal. We want it excessive, right? When we're when we are supersized, when we're too big, that's when life gets full of anxiety. When our world becomes bigger than God's world, that's when things become full of anxiety. We stop enjoying and we stop, we start holding on to the little that we have. That's one thing in the communist world I'll never forget is instead of reaching for the abundance that was given, they would hold on to their little and, and they would fight for their little when God was wanting to give so much more, you know, very interesting And um, when our hope is in the right place, it's a beautiful statement, Then we are the right size, right? We are in a place where God is big and I am small. But when I am big and God is small, what will happen? Well, there'll be a chaotic mess. That's what will happen. But there's a beauty of prayer, isn't there? There's a beauty in comforting in his delight. All right. Let me read this verse, Luke twenty-one, Luke twenty-one nineteen. It says, and this is an interesting set of verses that I will uh, let you read and think about. In verse fourteen. It says, "Don't even meditate how you will answer those that come against you. I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist." Isn't that good? Like God will fill your mouth. Uh, and you, you will have authority like Stephen, right? You, okay, verse 16, this is, a, uh, this is kind of a shocking set of prophetic words here. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, okay? Sounds like Thanksgiving, doesn't it? Christmas, right? Merry Christmas, right? You will be betrayed even by, I hope not, by parents and brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Yikes. Obviously, this is, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. And look at, look at, his, look at his word here. By your patience possess your soul. Right What's that saying there? It's like God's saying, I will keep you. I will possess you. I will uphold you. I will be moving. I will be working. Give God time to work. You know what they say? If, If you're anxious and you make decisions by impulse, usually you'll regret it, right? Anybody ever make an impulsive decision? All of us, right? But when we're restful and saying, okay, God... I want to move with you. I want, to, I want to move in another spirit. What will happen? We will not lack. All right, last verse, last verse. Let's look at Psalm 130. Possess your soul. <clears throat> have, you ever, have you ever been like nervous and then it's hard to calm down, it's hard to quiet down? Anybody? Yeah. It's like how do you how do you downshift or de-escalate or how do you process don't know, sometimes music helps maybe praying helps maybe a fast walk will help oh going kayaking I don't know maybe uh, running any runners here it, it's it's like a, it's like a beautiful thing isn't it you've got to kind of let yeah. all right <laughs> good yeah it's like we have to we have to work out that that noise, that noisiness. Our soul can get really noisy. All we can hear is that that, that lie or that, that perceived threat. And God is saying this. Look at Psalm 1, chapter 130. This is a beautiful chapter. Psalm 130 is like, God, where are you? Where are you? I have this financial need. Where are you? The house is on fire. We had a brother in our church that literally his house burned to the ground this week, right? Right, um, God, you know, don't you know X, Y, Z? And I don't see you moving. This is an interesting chapter. In verse six of one thirty, it says, "My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning." Yes, than those who watch for the morning. Isn't that beautiful? The morning will be will come. Just like Jesus, Jesus will come. Give him time to work. Give him time to work. Look at 131. and then we'll, This is an interesting chapter. The Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters. That's a great statement. Not trying to control everything, everybody. Any, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Right? For us fathers, right? Father's Day is next week, right? Isn't that amazing? So like our kids, right? Moms, right? With their kids, it's like a kid that's hungry. Is there like a, they're like a... That's a force, isn't it? They're like crying and screaming or, you know. But after they get what they need, what happens? They're happy. They're content. We hope, right? It's the same thing. When we walk with the Lord, guess what? He will quiet us down. We will find him in the moment. We will worship while we're waiting. And we will not let the devil steal our moments Don't let the devil steal your moments, amen? God, give God time to work, right? In you, patience will perfect you, mature you, right? Through you, you'll be patient to people that don't deserve it, and that's the whole reason why we have the ministry of God anyway, right? We're giving those Christ that don't deserve it, right? And then we'll be be patient for God, like Lord, any time this week, right? And God is saying, I will make it beautiful in my time. Amen? So whatever noise is going on in your heart today, whatever wind is blowing, whatever wave looks like it's going to wash you out, just say, Lord, that may happen, but my eyes are on you. Amen? And you are faithful. Isn't God faithful? God is faithful. God, is he going to be faithful? Was he faithful? No, he is faithful. Amen. So, precious Father, thank you for these thoughts today. I uh, just want to be tuned in to and walk in sync with your spirit today. Thank you, Lord, that be anxious for nothing, but with all things in prayer and supplication, for you are near. You are near. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we do not have to fear what man will do. We do not have to have the fear of man. We don't have to have the fear uh, of the result. But we can enjoy the journey and rejoice in the way because you have something good prepared. You have something good. Uh, you are a good God. And just minister these, these thoughts to our hearts today. And thank you for this church. Thank you for each one that came out today on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Bless their families, uh, their decisions this week. As we make decisions, uh, may they glorify you in your precious name. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.